Hey, Bluntheads, we recently sat down for a Facebook Live Bluntcast with Philly LGBTQ media legend Butch Cordura. Butch came to Philly in 1987 from the Wilkes-Barre area to live out his life as an openly gay man, and he broke television ground by being an openly gay television host on a local cable access show here in Philly called In Bed with Butch, where he interviewed members of the gay community in their pajamas in a bed, and he even had some of the village people in that bed. Butch also broke down some barriers with uh, his uh, calendar called Straight and Butch, where he posed naked with straight naked men, a different guy for each month. Butch is also a poker shark who runs local poker games in clubs in Philly. Butch is also a poker shark who runs local poker games at clubs in Philly and New York City and just published a poker book called A Gay Guide to Poker. He's a good dude, lots of fun. And we hope you enjoy this interview about Butch's endeavors and where Philly has come regarding the gay community from when he first arrived on the scene in 1987 to now. Stay safe, wash your hands, wear a mask, enjoy. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Philly Blunt. My name's Johnny Goodtimes. This is Reef. They call me Greg. And uh, we are excited uh, to have one Mr. Butch Cordora with us here tonight. Butch, welcome to the show. Hey! Hey! I got uh, Butch for having me. We are, uh, um, you know, we're talking to a gentleman who has uh, been a part of a, a couple of uh, kind of remarkable things in Philly. You were part of a TV show where uh, you would, I mean, kind of explain, you can explain it better than I can, but what was that TV yeah. show that you did? What was the concept? Yeah, I mean, it was it was a gay talk show, but unlike Ellen or Rosie O'Donnell, or who has heterosexual guests, I was I focused on you know me being openly gay and having gay guests on. So it was um it was fun like DJs and drag queens and fun entertainment types, actors and whatever. But it was also trying to be a little bit political and a little bit social commentary. And so I did have like you know Sharif Street was on and. Uh, like, you know, a lot, a lot of, uh, like, Mark Siegel, of course. And, he was like, I am not my father. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. I know. And I had him on when his hair was, like, down to his butt. He, he, I mean, he's still a hot guy, but. I mean, you did this TV show in a bed, though, Bush. I mean. Oh, yeah, I'm you're, sorry. You're forgetting yeah. to mention you interviewed sorry. people in a bed. I very believe, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> so it was called In Bed with Butch. And, and I would do the show in a bed. And I asked that my guests, um, wore pajamas, any kind of PJs or underwear or whatever. And so most of them did. And it was, it was great. It was on Drexel University. It was just a college TV show for the first three years, but then got picked up by um, WYBE, which is now defunct. But I ended up being on, I went from public access to public television. So I went from just being seen in Philadelphia proper to being seen like you know, up to New Brunswick, you know, down to the beaches, the shore, Rehoboth even, and right. uh, Allentown, over to Harrisburg, Reading, and uh, yeah, nice chunk of the tri-state area. And then that's when it really got famous and I started getting a lot of press. And, you know, it went from like 99 to 09, 10, 10, 
solid years. I did. Who's, yeah. the mo- who's the most famous person you've had on? I, I saw you had the vill- some village people. Yeah, yeah, some village. The most famous person I actually had in the studio uh, was was probably yeah, like kind of like the village people. A lot of famous porn stars, like gay porn stars. Um, but I I interviewed a lot of famous people when they came into Philly for for uh, like uh, the film festival. So I interviewed like Jacqueline Bissett, believe it or not. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I interviewed uh, Ian McKellen. She <laughs> was like huge too. Were you in pajamas doing this? Yeah, what was that like, oh, no, no, Sir no. Ian McKellen? <laughs> no, I was like at the theater. In, in oh, all right. These really famous people were like on site, like you know uh, Jane Lynch. Um, oh wow! Yeah, um, you know Jennifer Tilly. She was awesome. Like a lot, yeah, what a. So, so I know you've, you've said about the show that, um, you know, when you started in 99, the world was a very different place by 2009. Like when you started in 99, you were as edgy as it got, you know, like that was like something that probably just blew people's minds. And it's kind of amazing over the last 20 years, how quickly things have moved. Like, tell us a little bit about what that scene was like when you started in 99, doing a show where you're openly gay on TV, when that wasn't really much of a thing. Right. You know, and, and from 99 to 09, I actually call that decade, like the double zeros or the aughts or whatever you call it, I call that the Will and Grace era because it was queer as folk, the L word, Will and Grace, all shocking, like all so insanely now there's 175 gay characters on every freaking show. Yeah. Um, but back in 99, so I I think I was just like right with them. Like I was kind of like riding that wave. So yeah, it was controversial and certainly controversial for a college station and for Philly. But I, I think like in the late nineties, it started getting, like, eh, let's try this. Okay, you know, like, let's uh, see what happens. So I, I think I was just right on that queer spoke L word, Will and Grace, like, writing that wave. So I just, like, went along with that. By 09, though, like, I wasn't really that special. Like, it just didn't feel special anymore. And kind of, I mean, I kind of was hoping I was going to sort of break national. Like, I kind of thought maybe I could get syndicated or something would happen that I would maybe move to New York or my show would get syndicated in New York or, you know, all over, but um, it just never happened. And I kind of lost interest. Right. Yeah. It's a, let me tell you, it was the, those 10 years, I was the poorest I've been in like my whole life. (laughs) There was so much money to make this show just for the passion of it. I mean, you know, you guys are artists. Yeah, people don't understand that that you, you're 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 spending everything you make to keep the art going. Right, that's right, that's right, and and it's so funny because like now people, you know, they're they're so used to me doing all, all these projects, and you know, they're like, oh, what are you doing now? What 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 artistic thing are you doing now? And I'm like, nothing. Really, you're not doing anything. You're not doing. It? I'm like, you know what I'm doing? I'm making money. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Look, I have a real day job, and you know, whatever. So uh, boys, when, when did, you're not you're from like Pittston, Pittstown, yeah, Wilkesbury area. Yeah. So when when did you come here? The late eighties. Eighty seven. Yeah. So what was the Philly gay scene like in eighty seven? Uh, well, there was definitely was a scene. I mean, there was these, there was 
Kurtz, did you ever hear of Kurtz? That closed, um, that was like the precursor to Woody's. Uh, Kurtz was like the big, Kurtz was Woody's before Woody's. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, there was a scene, there was a scene, you know, it was a pretty big scene. Uh, was, was there a scene and also was there like concern with like the cops coming around? Was that still a thing in the late 80s? Nah, nah. I mean, that's uh, the generation before me. Okay. Yeah, I mean, by, I would say by like 1980, you know, it was, I mean, it was you know, legal and right. You know, but you which know. is which is insane to even say that 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 became legal in the eighty. You know what I mean? Like that's wild yeah, to me. Yeah, my lifetime. Yeah, I mean it's all right. Listen, up until last week, I could if I not in Philadelphia because Philadelphia was safe from this law. But if I had a corporate job in Ballackinwood, they could fire me for being gay. They could literally come up to me and say, "Butch, you're fired," and I could say, "Why are you firing me?" And the boss could say, "Because you're gay," and. I had no recourse. Last week, imagine like, uh, oh well, I'm fighting you in court. Go ahead, you're gay and you're fired. And you're right, gay. right. I mean, could you imagine in 2020 that people could? Just yes, yes. yes. <laughs> I know, I know. I don't want to diminish anybody yeah. else. You know? uh, no, no, not at all. Not at all. I know what you're saying, man. I know what you're saying. I think it's like, you know, I think that it's part of like, I think the last few months is kind of, you know, we've talked about this on the show quite a bit, like the concept of American exceptionalism has kind of been blown up a little bit in the last three months. And we've gotten a long, hard look in the mirror on a number of things. Right. And, you know, that's one as well as, you know, the last few weeks we've, we've interviewed various people affiliated with Black Lives Matter, like, we're living through an age where kind of this thing's being exposed where, oh, maybe we haven't been that great to minorities. Have, maybe, we, maybe we aren't that exceptional. And I think that like we're, we're living through a really interesting time right now, kind of yeah. having that exposed to us because we're not distracted by sports. We're not distracted by live television. We're just kind of facing this thing, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. And the gay community somehow is like, like kind of become a weird part of the Black Lives Matter. You know, I mean, yes and no. Like we're just like kind of piggybacking because we're minorities too. And yeah, you know, yeah. Well, I think I think I think the the vibe is kind of like we're not nobody's free, and so we're all free. You know right. what I mean? That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, man. And you know, it's hard for me to you know I'm like I'm a white man living in America. So nobody's gonna feel sorry for me because I'm <laughs> you know, just just like black people. There's very dark skin and light skin, and you have all. Hey, but but you see how quiet they both got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you straight white boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, so you know, but. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, let, let, you know, you, you, you were you were saying, um, you know, <laughs> speaking of you know straight white boys, um, you did the calendar, which oh is my God. one of your all-time claim to fames. You're a genius. Calendar, and how I mean, I, I mean, how is this not an annual thing? Like that is the most one of the most brilliant ideas I've ever heard. Um, and 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 the concept was give us some background with the whole thing. Cheers. Are you drinking a Cosmo? Yeah, it's a Cosmo. <laughs> <laughs> it's Gay Pride Weekend. 
Represent me, man. Well, why I don't do it every year is because I it cost a fortune. <laughs> and it cost so much money and I didn't really make it back because I made a thousand calendars. Dummy think like because there's an end date to it. Like I can make a thousand books. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. Right. Hard to peddle them in November. Yeah. Right. <laughs> 2009 calendar and, <laughs> and you know, you could um 2009 and then 2015 it, it uh worked again and then in 2021 it's going to work again. I mean as far as like the days like Right, right, right. <laughs> right. So but yeah. tell, tell, tell us a little bit about like, what it was like for you. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, so what it was like for you um, growing up in an area where you know, obviously Wilkes-Barre, you know, uh, that that area. I don't, I don't imagine them to be super uh, open and 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 progressive. You know, positive-minded, progressive. Yeah. What was that like for you growing up, knowing that you know you were who you were? Yeah, it was hard. It was hard. I was in the closet until I moved to Philly, and. You know, that was, I was 27 when I came out. And wow. it's so funny to see kids coming out at 14 and 11. You know, they're just, hey, I think I'm gay. Okay, that's cool, you know. And so, yeah, I literally, I think I moved to Philly to come out, which a lot of people in my generation moved to a, another city to come out, which is so sad. Right. Um, yeah. I hate it. I hate it. My town anyway it was i mean it was just no jews no black no gay no anything just polish italian irish white people and mm-hmm. and it was just horrible yeah it was horrible i mean you know i remember when i was like 9 10 11 like you know wishing i could like girls and that whole like laying in bed like closing my eyes and maybe if i wake when i wake up i'll be liking girl like all those weird things that go through your head when you're eight, nine, and ten, you know, it's crazy. But yeah, I'm like a gold star gay. I never slept with a woman. I never, you know, had a gold yeah. star. Yeah, yeah, I had that on my list, the uh, gold star gay. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, you ne- never in high school? Nothing, nothing. Yeah, just never, never liked women. Yeah, it's so weird. I mean, I love women. I could appreciate a beautiful female sure. body, of course, you know, but yeah, I just never did. But yeah, so um, I don't know. So I, I kind of, you know, when I got into my 20s, I was, you know, I moved and, you know, had my own apartment a couple miles away from my house and, you know, that didn't cut it. And I was just like, I got to get out of here. I just got to get out of here. So I was like, it, it, you know, it was either New York or Philly, but Philly just seemed like an easier move. And so I came down here and um, yeah, just never looked back. Loved to see it. Did, 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 yeah, did you fall in love with Philly right off the bat, or was there an adjustment period in terms of, you know, we're talking, what, like 87 here, I think I read? Yeah, 87, and, you know, it was weird because that's when the AIDS epidemic was really big and, like, coming to the surface of the media, too. Like, I mean, you know, AIDS was probably the biggest in 84, 85 when it first came up, but 87 is when people started talking about it in the media and whatever and so it was a little scary because I thought, oh, I'm moving to a big city where everybody has it. And, you know, like just right. think like that. Um, 
So that was like kind of the only scary part about it. But no, I mean, I kind of, I kind of, you know, I, I mean, the, the, the truth is I moved here with the guy I was dating. And so he, he even more than me wanted to get the fuck out of Pittston. So the two of us moved down together and he was, you know, and when we got down here, he, he didn't like it. Um, cause he was an artist and he painted and he, he, I don't know, I guess he thought he was going to come down here and be a big artist and have all these solo art shows and galleries and whatever. And, um, it didn't happen. And after about six months, he's like, let's move back. And I'm like, no, no, I want it here. Like, I'm not moving. And we broke up because he wanted to move back. And he's like, well, I'm moving back. I'm like, bye. Like, that was it. Wait, he, he moved back to Pittston? Yeah. Oh, wow. well, he actually moved to Allentown. Sounds like Allentown in the late 80s. <laughs> I, I heard they're closing all the factories down. Allentown, man. Yeah. But it's hard to keep a good man down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In Allentown. Yeah. But then, then he moved to Miami, and then he moved. He was like, he was, he was running away from himself, I think. Yeah, so you, so you got here, and what was it about Philly that you just kind of fell in love with? Well, you know, just the, the openness, like the fact that I could be openly gay. Well, you know, you move to a new town, so you could be whoever you want with no right. one knows so um, I just moved down here in, with the notion that I was going to be an out gay man in Philly. And, um, and just, I lived in Maniunk. That was where I first lived. What? Yeah, I know. Which was so <laughs> and I lived there for like 10 years. I was like, I know, which is like yeah. kind, of, kind of a painfully. You hanging out at the Grape Street Pub? Like, what are you doing out in that Maniunk? Frat boy hell. I know I know calendar meet that's what he's doing <laughs> oh, yeah. that is the fantasy for gay men <laughs> yeah I want to get back to that a little bit so you did the calendar I think that was what oh nine yeah yeah I mean I started photographing guys in uh probably yeah, 2008, I guess. Yeah, 2007, 2008, around there. Um, it took a while because it, it, it took me a while to find 12 really, really, really heterosexual men. Not questioning, not bi, not curious. I wanted them to be as straight as I was gay. Like, as straight as you three. <laughs> hey, I, I mean, a drunken night playing poker, I was, yeah. I, I, I was asked to be in this calendar at some point. Back in the I've, seen, I've seen some shit, Butch. I've seen some shit. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know how much he wanted to talk about that. But, yeah, I always thought Greg was, like, hot as shit. I, I mean, was uncomfortable with my gut at the time, so I was like, no way I'm getting naked. Oh, okay. You were asked to be in the calendar, Greg? I was. We used to play poker at O'Neill's, yeah. Okay. I know Greg, like, 15 years now, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I wanted, like, like 12 really heavy. And I would find these guys, like, actually through their girlfriends and wives. Like, because they would be the ones like, oh my God, this is amazing. You have to do it, which is awesome. You got to do it. You got. And so um, that's kind of mostly how I found them. And then, you know, the, I'm pretty gregarious and I, I'm pretty good at talking people in, into things. I would maybe approach, you know, a bag boy at Whole Foods and <laughs> <laughs> ask him if he wanted to, you know, give him my number, you know, 
Right. Hey, you want to be in the calendar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a talent scout. I got this calendar going on. You just got to get naked with me. <laughs> you, were like, you were like a porn director. Like, hey, hey. Uh. Kind of. Or like, I, or like one of those talent scouts. Like, you see guys on the street that are really talent scouts for fashion models. Like these creepy older guys who give their cards to gorgeous women in, who are 18. Mm. Right. Say, yeah. uh, I, you know, I, I, you know, I run a modeling agency and you should see me like, that's what I felt like kind of, cause you know, I'm, I'm an older guy. I was an older guy and I was, you know, trying to find like good looking guys in their twenties and thirties. And, um, that that's more, mostly, I felt, I felt like a modeling recruit person or something. Right. So, but I, I did it slow, but sure. I, I, I did it. And you know, the, the TV show helped a little bit. The fact that I had this TV show for nine years kind of helped because I had just Google my name, just Google me. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and actually the first, just go ahead and go on Google. You'll, you'll find out. You'll, you'll find, you'll find whatever. Yeah. Sit down, <laughs> put your seatbelt on. <laughs> did you, did you ever have anybody show up and just couldn't go through with it? Uh, no, the, the the closest I got to that was I won't say his name, but uh, this guy one one guy who I knew from a friend of a friend of a friend, and he really cool guy, really sexy. Um, he said yes, and then um, showed up and was just on the phone, like lying to his girl. Yeah, I'm in a meeting. Yeah, I'm in a meeting. Like you know, just being so shitty. Had a six pack of Heineken. Drank and drank and drank, finished up drinking these beers, drinking, shaking his leg, so nervous, like taking his clothes off. Phone's ringing again. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll be there. I'll be. I was like, dude, like, what? Are, like, what are you doing? So that I, I really thought he was going to like storm, like run out while the photographer was changing his roll, camera roll or something. You know? But that was the closest I got. I had a lot of people back out though, like last minute, but never like on the shoot, like once right, the- yeah, right. Have you have you had any uh, experiences with uh, people where they didn't know, and then you told them who you really were, and they they weren't accepting of your truth? Uh, I I don't. What do you mean? Like I don't understand. Like you, they didn't know that you were a gay man, and then they found out, and they didn't want to be in your world anymore. Oh, I I mean I, I mean I always just I I came clean from the beginning. I was like, sure. listen, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, well, that's not true. I would say, I, I mean, the, the whole, the initial thing would be like, I'm doing this photo shoot. It's really controversial. I would love to have coffee with you and sit with you. There is nudity, but it's tasteful and artful and it'll be a great thing for, you know, for you to get out of your skin or, you know, get out of your comfort zone. And, uh, and then, yeah, you're right, Sharif, actually. Yeah, you're right. And then when at the coffee meeting, I would say, okay, so I'm going to photograph you nude, but I'm gay, and I'm going to be nude. With, you know, and then that's when they would be like, oh, dude, I, I mean, you know. I wouldn't even take a nude photograph with my wife. Like, be nude with my wife nude. I would never even do that in front of a photographer. I'm not certainly not going to do you know, I was like, all right. So yeah, it was. Um, but yeah, inspirational. I mean, what, what was the what was the 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 spark for the whole thing? Like, that's a you know, that's a kind of a, 
random like artistic project to take on. What was what was what was the thought behind it? I mean, just the fetishy thing about it, I guess. Just that, like, really, I mean, I guess it would be like you would do a calendar with twelve hot lesbians. I don't know, like, right? Right. You know, like that, that didn't want to have anything to do with you. <laughs> naked, they're naked, but you can't touch them because they're. <laughs> gay. I, I don't know. It doesn't have the same effect, or I don't know. but. Uh, but mostly that's what it was, the fetishy part of it, like how, um, and, and I guess what it was, it was partly, I almost wanted them to look uncomfortable in the photo. Like I wanted to get that real, the, the tension between a gay man and a straight man naked together, like that weird tension. I don't know, although there's no tension in the showers at the gym, right? I mean... Right. Uh, yeah. So it's, but you know, knowing that I'm gay and I'm like, maybe I have my arm around you, like nothing was dirty, but right. there were times where we were touching if, if it was, you know, whatever. And yeah. So I, I guess it was more, um, and, and, and it was, you know, the whole project, I guess, was to move the agenda forward. Um, yeah, I was going to say like, would, would, would a project like that be different in 2009 from 2020? I don't has know. Been, has there been enough of a shift, do you think, like nationally in almost in a mainstream sense, where in 2020 that's not as big of a move or not as, as, as sort of radical as it would be in 2009? Maybe a little, maybe a, a little bit of a shift, but I don't know. I think, I think it's still taboo. I mean, think about you three. Like, I mean, you, it's still weird for you to, take a nude photo with a gay dude, right? Who's also nude. Like Weird I, for me to take a nude photo, period. <laughs> yeah, nude I mean, with the lights on, forget about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know. I don't think much has changed. I mean, the, the whole gay thing has changed a lot. But that certain, this whole straight guy, gay guy, naked yet, like nudity is always going to be taboo. Right. Like, right. gay, whatever, you know, it's always going to be taboo. So yeah. I don't know that the needle moved that much. I think it's still controversial in 2020. Yeah. What, are you, what are your thoughts on this current administration and the fact that they're trying to take, you know, that world, my world, like, just push everyone back 50 years backwards? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't even know where to begin. I mean, it, it's just... Let know, it rip, man. <laughs> <laughs> Great again. Code for let's go back to the fifties. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't know what you guys were complaining about. The fifties seemed great. Then the mid-seventies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy, happy days, Fonzie. Yeah, yeah. Right. right, and I think that's you know, like you know, it's funny because uh, I think that I can see that you know from the perspective of. Uh, you know, I grew up in a small town, you know, it was almost like Leave it to Beaver. And I can see the uh, appeal of that to people who never have to leave that bubble. Yeah. Right? Like, I can see why it paid off. But like, I have friends like you guys, where like the whole concept of Make America Great Again is basically like, they might as well just say, fuck you, right? Like, is that how it feels when you hear that? 
Like, yeah, don't... yeah, oh, yeah, that, that's the most horrible slogan, make America great again. Like, I, I don't know, I mean, I, I feel like the, this, the, I mean, I feel like this America, this whole, the test, not a test, what's on, what I'm trying to say, like, this, you know, America was a big um, gamble. It was a big, yeah, it was a test. I think, it, I think it, fit, it totally failed. Like it, it completely failed. And I, I hate to say that, but you know, we're, we're not equal. Um, you know, like we never were. And I, this whole, like, I, I don't know. I just, I just think that America is a fit. Like I feel like um, more than ever now, the whole world is laughing at us. Like, yeah, man. Absolutely. Whole world is laughing. Deservedly so. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it's a, it's a horrible, horrible, this 400 years of slavery. Like it's a horrible uh, thing that we're never, 2000 years from now, we're never going to um, live that down. It's just a mm -hmm. terrible, terrible thing about America. And, and it's, I don't think the, the, the experiment, that's what I meant. Like the America was a big experiment mm -hmm. and I think it failed. I think the experiment failed. And do you think this is the, do you think that um, this is the cult, like this is the, the Trump thing is, was that the exclamation point for you? Like, because I mean, you know, like, it, you, you know, I get the point and at the same time, we've also been talking about how radically things have moved forward in the last 20 years in terms of gay rights, like, but was Trump just like the, the brakes on the car or were you already kind of feeling that way? And this just kind of finalized it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I honestly thought like when Obama got into office in 08, I, I remember telling everybody, I don't think we're ever going to have a white guy again. <laughs> it's going to be Obama for eight years, then Hillary for eight years. And then by 2028, it, or 24, whatever, there's going to be a gay guy or a Latino man or a black woman or, you know, and then after that, there's going to be like, I swear, I was so excited when Obama got in. I'm like, bye white guys. Like, that's it. <laughs> how, how many Cosmos in were you at that point? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and this douche. I feel like he was the response to, oh, to for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean you know, the history books might say, like, I, I pray that, you know, George Floyd and this whole thing really is going to change the world. I really think it, it is. I mean, I don't know, Sharif, I, you know, it, it's weird for me to talk like that, but how, how, do, you, do you feel, like, different with this time? I feel like what happened with George Floyd, I feel like that was, like, the snap. You know, that was the, that was the, as they say, the, the straw that broke the camel's back. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we, you, you have people now that are like, we're not going back to this. Like literally cops are getting arrested every day now for shit that they did, you know? And that was something that you never saw because it's just, it's not, it's not okay. And it's not people that people are more worried about property and businesses and things like that. So to see the reaction across the nation I think that that's going to really play a part in how we move forward. I don't think we're going back to how it used to be. I just don't think we can't. You can't. Right. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. You can't. You can't. 
you can't go back to normal. You know, you can't all of a sudden have basketball and football back. And they're like, oh, okay, we're cool again. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, I feel like the, the, the bandage got ripped off. And, you know, like we, we saw America exposed for what it is. And I don't know if I'm quite as pessimistic as you are, but like, you know, I'm definitely depressed. You know, I'm definitely like you know what is this who we are like it's 40 percent of us at least yeah i mean it's it's yeah i mean it's been a rough three months like and i'm saying that as a freaking straight white guy like the whole world exactly it's been rolled out for me for 400 years and i'm like depressed you know so like i can only imagine you know what other groups are feeling at you know like after these past three and a half months like it's you know it's unreal yeah I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree, though. I, I really think this is the beginning of something really big and really different. And, and you know, the, the pisser is he's probably going to go down in history as Trump is going to be like the guy who changed everything for the better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, I don't know about that. Because, like, because he was the catalyst. Right, sure. Yeah, yeah, he tore the bandage off. We all pretended like things hadn't gotten as bad as they had gotten. Right. And we're like, oh, really? I'm going to shove it in your face for four years. Now how bad is it? And after (laughs) four years, you're like, yeah, it's pretty bad. Let's, you know, let's go crazy. Yeah. Oh, man. Crazy. So so let's talk a little bit about what you're up to now. I know you had been, um, I know you'd been doing like, uh, You've been doing poker the past few years, so that okay, was. Let me let me say this. I I actually won a tournament last night, Butch, uh, on Poker Stars. I won a tournament on Poker Stars last night, but um, I yeah, and I had no idea how to play hold'em until I walked into the third floor at O'Neill's or second floor, and he ran a gay poker night there. Butch did, and it's it was one of the best poker. I haven't had a poker night like that ever, uh-huh. and great group of people learned a lot and. Like, yeah, how did you get into this poker world? And, and let me tell you, before you go in, I just want to say that the only real games I know how to play are like War and Pity Pat. So poker intimidates me. Oh, all right. I hope someone can explain one day to me how to actually play it. Because I, I think it's the coolest game, but I don't know how to play it. He's got a book for you. Sure, me and you are going to work privately together. I'm down. I'm <laughs> Na- naked, naked look, though. Hey, look, I'm comfortable. I know who I am. I, I sit naked with my man and play poker. Here we go. Man, if our clothes happen to fall off. Clothes <laughs> <laughs> happen to fall off. We'll ma- hey, we'll make a calendar. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I have been running bar poker since 05. Had a little break there for a while, uh, maybe from 2010 to 2014. Um, And actually, that's when I made my calendar when I stopped running poker. But for a long, long time, I've been a bar poker dude. Um, I love poker. I always love Texas Hold'em. And um, not only do I love playing poker, but I love running it. I actually like running it a little bit more than playing. I like dealing. I like tournament directing. And I like teaching. A little more than I even like playing poker. So I now, now, Butch, I got to ask you too. Do you do you kind of like like you know looking through your resume? Do you kind of like being the center of attention? I mean, I, I host Quizzo for a living, so oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I know where you're coming from for on sure, that. For sure, yeah. for sure, yeah. Um, so yeah, so I just um, I started running games, and I got really good at it. I got good at um, cultivating a base, cultivating a following, and I have a lot of people who play now and. 
Um, I actually have two games in New York. I mean, not now because of the coronavirus, but um, I ended up with two big games in Manhattan every week. So I run a game Monday nights and Wednesday nights in um, uh, 159th and Broadway, like a little past Harlem and uh, Washington Heights and uh, Hell's Kitchen. On oh, you were, you, were in the, you were in the thick of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is an awesome, awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you familiar with Shreveport up there in New York? Or yeah, no, I know, I know a little bit about Harlem, and I know you were, you were in the thick of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's beautiful up there. I love it, and it's a lot of, um, it's a lot of Latino, Hispanic, and, and black neighborhoods, but, like, beautiful homes, and, oh, you know, like, Harlem's beautiful. But uh, yeah, so so I, I run two big games in New York and two in Philly right now. I do four nights a week, and um, yeah, I mean you know I, I've been doing that for since 2014 now, and um, they're going really well, very successful. A lot of people play, and yeah, and it, it just is just a little off, offspring of that was to write a book. I've always wanted to write a book, and with this uh, quarantine. I um, had all the time in the world to write it. So I started it in April and just finished it a few weeks ago. And Oh, nice. Good for you. Out of it. Yeah. So yeah, happy. absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's cute. It's fun. It's quick read, 100 pages. What's the, oh, yeah, what's the, what, what, what's the background on the book? Yeah, so it's the, the gay guide to poker. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, it's basically how to play poker as a gay dude in a heterosexual um, uh, atmosphere. Um, you know, cards and darts and pool and sports and all these heterosexual uh, past, historically heterosexual pastimes. Um, a lot of times it's, it's weird for gay people to, uh, you know, jump into that. I mean, yeah, gay softball leagues, so everybody's gay in softball Right, leagues, right, right. That kind of thing. Uh, but, you know, when I go to a casino, I'm the only gay dude. And not that I sit down and go, hey, everybody, I'm gay. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm not, I don't hide it either. Like, you know, like somebody asked me, uh, you know, just about six months ago, somebody, oh, dude, I had a shirt on that said weirdo. And you guys, oh, dude, where'd you get that? And I said, it's my boyfriend's. (laughs) Right there, I outed myself. But, you know, straight people do that all the time. Uh, Oh, hold on, hold on. I gotta leave the table. My wife's calling. Right. Well, like, you just outed yourself as a heterosexual. Right, right. You said my wife's calling, dude. I don't fucking need to know you have a wife. I don't fucking need to know you're straight. You know what I mean? Like that's right. turn the tables because that's what you know. If I ever said, uh, I have to hold on, hold on. My my boyfriend's calling me. Hold on, you know. Oh my god! Like the whole table would stop. Oh my god, that guy's gay. You know, that, that kind of do you think that changes on um, how people interact with you in the game? Like, do certain insecure guys not want to get bullied or bluffed by a gay guy at the table? And that's what it is. And, you know, all 10, 11 people, certainly they're very respectful and nobody calls me any names or anything. I mean, we are past that. But I am 100% viewed as a weaker opponent. The minute they find out I'm gay, um, you know, I think I get diminished a little bit. As a, as a player, because, uh, well, I mean, he's a gay dude. How good could he be? I mean, he seems to be playing okay, but, you know, how, 
how serious could it be taken? This he's gay, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, that kind of thing. So, oh, yeah. Um, so I thought like that's kind of a book, you know. And I always think like I always think like how you know it's kind of like how women feel, I guess, at a poker table, right? And uh, you know, even black people are perceived a certain way at a poker table too. Right. And, um, there is a book from this woman called The Bad Girl's Guide to Poker. And it's an awesome book. And she shows people how to be a woman in a man's world. Yeah, and- so, so like how, how does that, you know, like, because poker's, you know, such a mental game as much as it is, you know, a card game. Like, does that play to your advantage? Does that play to your disadvantage? Like, what? how have you... How have you sort of seen how that plays? Yeah, well, in the beginning, it, 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 I was intimidated. Like, when they, you know, like, I, I, I felt like they bullied me more. Um, mm-hmm. But now I, I don't feel, now I use it as an advantage because um, I, I kind of hope they think of me as a weaker opponent. Like, I, I, I like that they think of me as a weaker opponent. Right. You know, and then I kick their ass and take their money. And, you know. <laughs> right. So, so that's kind of what the book is about a little bit, is about how to, you know, how to be a woman and play poker, how to be, uh, you know, not white and play poker, how to be gay and play poker, um, and how to just use your minority to an advantage. Yeah. And also use white guys' arrogance, you know what I mean? Yeah, against them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like, I mean, I wish a black person would write a book about how, you know, how to be, you know, how to play poker. Yeah. Well, you got to, you, you, you show me the rules. You show me how it's done. Let's get this money, Bush. Let's get this yeah. money. Yes. The Black Guy's Guide to Poker. Yeah, and I mean, Greg and I are the two straight white guys, so we'll just take a little cut off the top. You know, you know how it's. Yeah. And then the black women, how are they perceived at a poker table? You know, it's like. Yeah. You know, by by a white. Guy. Lots of books, lots of spinoffs here. Lots of books, lots of books, right, right. So, so, yeah. so you did the book. What um what uh, what's next? Is it published? Can people pick it up, or what's yeah, the what's so, the, deal with the book? Yeah, so it will be on Amazon, and I'm. Pretty sure it's going to be at Barnes and Noble too. I'm excited about that. They took my application, so it just has to go through the process. But I, I think I don't know if any. I, I think it might be on there. But right now, I mean, right now as we speak, you could just get it from me. I mean, I have them in my bedroom, and I. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you must. You must come to his bedroom to get the book. <laughs> and just like. You know, just like email me or Facebook me, and you know, we'll I'll we'll hook it up and I'll get it to you somehow. Okay. Well, I wanna we wanna uh, we we got the Shibe Sports is on Thirteenth and Walnut. Um, yeah, I'd love to carry the book at the store. That'd be awesome. Oh. What? Yeah. We, yeah. We got a little uh, t-shirt store on Thirteenth uh, yep. Walnut. Oh, right, right across, right across from Glow Bar. Woody's is right down there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, so Johnny, you work at Woody's. You work at 13th and Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> He's there every day. Don't, 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 don't lie. Don't lie. I've caught, I've caught him. I've caught him walking back more than once, you know? 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, we're we're just a block. Yeah, we're just a block uh block north there. Holy shit. Uh, All right. Uh, and so, I, yeah, I, keep it, yeah. I keep it super black because I go to that chicken spot right by Woody's every other day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wishbone. Wishbone, dude. Yeah, oh good. my god. Yeah, that's yes. good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's uh so so if people want to get the book. Um, you said it's going to be on Amazon. Do you know how yeah, soon? July 7th. It's going to oh, be. Wow. Man, that was Congratulations, a man. That's awesome. So yeah. Did you self-publish or? I did. I did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I tried, I tried to find a publisher and this is how the publishing world works. Well, half of them said we're not doing anything during this COVID. So right. call us in six months. And then the other half said, we need to talk to your agent. You know? And I was like, Easy. I just wrote this last month. Yeah. <laughs> we don't talk to authors. We talk to agents. And, you know, like back in the day, I probably could have like called him and said, hi, I'm Butch's agent. And I'm, you know. <laughs> right. Did the, did the fake voice. <laughs> <laughs> the fake hetero. It was a hetero voice there. So I'm like, oh, whatever. <laughs> Heterosexual Mark. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, let's take it to the blunt. We're going to hit you with some uh, fast questions. You hit us with some fast answers. Here we go. Uh, where uh, do you grab uh, Chinese food in Philly? Me? Yep. <laughs> um, uh, between 18th and 19th, uh, Fortune or something like that. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's so delicious. Between 18th, 18th and 19th on South Street. Oh, wow. Okay. It's right around the corner from me. Oh, okay. Last, uh, last piece of art, whether it be a movie, a book, a, a whatever, a cartoon that made you cry. Oh, shit. It would definitely be a movie. Uh, oh, fuck. I, I don't even know. I got you. <laughs> I, watch, I like horror. I watch scary movies. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you're in the. Uh, oh, work. I, know, I know what the good liar. The good liar made me cry. Okay. I, yeah. Do you know is that? that a, is that a book or a movie? No, a movie. Helen Mirren and Ian McKellen. Helen. Oh, Mirren's I just saw that. Yeah. Helen oh, I mean, I saw pieces movie. of it. My wife was watching. Really good. My movie. wife was watching it. <laughs> you were you were, dipping, you were dipping in and out. You were like, oh, what's this? That might be heterosexual. Pocket aces. Oh, my wife was watching it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So you're, you <laughs> you get introduced at the World Series of Poker in the final table. What's your theme music? Uh, good question, man. Something Madonna. Something with <laughs> I know I'm, I'm dating myself, but um, uh, probably Lucky Star. Uh, oh, what wow. song? Makes you, what song makes you want to dance? Song to dance. Um, you know what? Chris Brown, "Beautiful People." It's one of my favorite songs. Or, I don't know if that's politically correct. Great sing. song. Great song. Yeah. yeah. I um, love that song. Yeah. yeah. I ask everyone this, uh, what is your advice for how to making relationships work? Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> he said, oh, all right. Oh, all right. Um, I, I, I guess. <laughs> you know, I mean, the cliches, honesty. <laughs> right, no, but, but, but fuck the cliche. What's, what's your, like, what's your truth? All right, lots of great sex. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, do you know the 
you know the secret to a great relationship is? An amazing, amazing bed. Yeah, man. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. Um, are you a... Are you a robe or a towel guy when you get out of the shower? Yes. Towel. Towel. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That was a um game. what was uh what was the worst job you ever had? Uh uh, you know what? I worked in a pants factory and I was a bundle boy. So I had bundle a boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fifty pair of jeans. Uh, somebody just sewed a pocket. Now I take fifty of them, and then she's given to this other woman to sew another pocket. You know? Just lugging pants back and forth. Pants to the, <laughs> to the, yeah, bundle boy. Did Sounds that. horrible. Horrible. Uh, Sweatshop stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, COVID's over. You can travel anywhere you want. Where you going? Dublin. Nice. Oh, yeah. Great good. Good. Great city. Great yeah. city. Love Dublin. Yeah. Yeah. Have you lit any fireworks off lately? <laughs> is that you? you? Is that you, you doing that? Right outside my house. <laughs> Just had my dog barge the do- knock my door in during this because they were going off. No. 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 Fireworks. Um, okay. Uh, you can book any band or artist for your birthday party this year. Who's it going to be? Oh. Um, I like the weekend. Oh wow, really? Yeah, I like the weekend. He's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, defund the police, abolish the police, or leave the police alone. Uh, yeah, like the middle one, like, like. <laughs> no, like, like, no, I mean defund them. Like we we can't get rid of the police altogether, but I love the idea of social workers and. Yeah, 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 yeah. Johnny, Johnny's on that wave too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So bit steady. I got these two radicals trying to pull me over, and I'm. Johnny I'm, wishes we'd all just leave them alone. Yeah, Johnny's like doing. Johnny's like the cops are good people, man. <laughs> hey, Bush, if you go back in time, you go back in time in Philly to any club for one night to party. Where would you go? So that's a good one, Greg. Yeah. yeah. The 247 Club. It's now um, the Black Sheep on 17. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. It was a down and dirty. I guess kind of like the bike stop now is. The bike stop is like the leather bar in Philly. Right. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, there was a place called the 247 Club, and it was male strippers. Um, you know, basement where shit went on and all, all that. Yeah, kind of an s down and dirty gay bar. That's not the black. Nice. Shit. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are you, uh, what are you binge watching these days? Uh, um, I just want, I know this is going to be so gay, but I just. <laughs> Queer eye. No, 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 no. That's too gay for me. Um, right, right, right. No, I watched, and you guys got to watch this because it's fucking amazing and um, Kerry Washington is just ah, my life. Um, uh, little fires or, or yeah, Reef. yeah, 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 yeah. My girl watches that. Yeah, she loves it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you got a girl, Reef? What? <laughs> She's sitting right next to me, man. Don't, don't. You know what I mean, sorry, don't start. Don't start. Yeah. A woman, a woman, a lady. There you go, motherfucker. Yeah. 
Pretty um, finish, fin finish the sentence. Philadelphia is. Um, dirty, scrappy. Dirty, scrappy, beautiful. Happiness. Yeah. I know, I know. Not Baltimore, but just the scrappy city. Um, if you could have anyone play you in the movie except Tom Hanks, who would it be? And the pillows there, so higher than like Iggy Pop. Laid up on that cross, maybe like Dustin Hoffman. I see it. I see Dustin. Yeah. Maybe Al Pacino. Yeah. I see a little Keanu too. Oh, Keanu would be good. All right. All right, Butch. Well, we appreciate you coming on, man. This was great. Uh, we're excited about your uh, we're excited about your book, brother. You guys yeah, and it, it, the book. Uh, I'll shoot you a line. We want to carry the book in the store, definitely. So um, I'll shoot you a line about that. But yeah, that's uh that's awesome. Uh congrats on that. If anyone's got yeah. any interest in playing poker, Bush runs a great poker night. Really great yeah, Butch, crowd of Butch, people. What are your, yeah, what are your socials and all? Where can people reach you? Oh, okay. Um, I mean, nowhere now, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tuesday nights at Toasted Walnut, which is the one and only lesbian bar in Philadelphia. Toasted Walnut is on 13th. I know, and, I know where it is. Like yeah, right yeah. I know exactly where it is. Yep. Yeah. Sunday Sunday afternoons, I do a game in Delaware County at this straight bar called Chasers. Oh man, oh. what? I feel straight like bar in Delco? You're doing? <laughs> I feel like we buried the lead here, folks. <laughs> we buried the lead. That's, that's going to be our final interview. Our final interview about Delaware County. Yeah. City. Yeah, and then um. Yeah, and then Monday, Monday, Wednesday in New York at Boxers. There are two different boxers. Yeah. yeah. Are you online anywhere? People can follow you. Uh, you mean my like Instagram? All that. Yep. Yep. All that. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my Instagram is is um, and, um my <laughs> Facebook. Friend me on Facebook. Uh, Facebook's my big. My big uh, okay. Sounds good. Yeah, Butch All right, good. nice. All right, thank you, Butch. Thanks, Butch. Yeah, good yeah. luck with the book. Thank you so much, you guys. I appreciate it so much. It's so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank time. you, Butch. All right. Take it easy, man. Greg, I'll talk to you. Sounds good. Peace. Just the sound of Philadelphia. Covered in blood, the man's office is covered in bugs, the youth dreams cut short. Swim.